Hey all you cool cats and kittens. Well, it's week two of the Swearwolves Quarantine. Hope you're all safe and taking care of yourselves. We've been busy spending our time indulging hobbies and learning new things. Brett's learning magic tricks, and Alan's taking up ventriloquism. Me? I've been spending more time hanging out with my new best friend here. You can't see him, but he's totally here, and not at all a bad influence. <laughs> Go to the kitchen and get a knife. <laughs> oh, you. Werewolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And this week, gentlemen, we are still in isolation. Hello, hello. I've started We're so far away. I've started. Uh, I've started talking to myself. Yeah, I've started pissing in jars, <laughs> and you don't even want to know where I'm pooping. Yeah. <laughs> um, where where social distancing is concerned, I'm the world champion. Yeah. No, I was in a I was in a conference call. Uh, like a Skype call for work the other day and uh, my boss's boss was on there and he's like, uh, Hey Brett, how's it going for you in Arizona? And I said, well, <laughs> you know, social distancing is something that I've been doing for years. Uh, so I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> you know, yeah, people are losing their minds. Yeah. And it's just like, this is what I do. Like pretty much every day. I will say this though. Like when you're told that you can't do something, that's when you want to do it. Exactly. It's like, I oh. really want to go out and do something right now, but I can't. Now, you guys know I'm not a big internet guy. Like, I, you know, I use it for certain things, like I've got to pay bills or something. But I saw this meme where... It's the pornography machine. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of porn these days. It's very depressing. <laughs> they have coronavirus porn. Oh, I know they do. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Honestly, I've been really distancing myself from a lot of, like, the human impulses that go on for so many years. But all I do is play guitar now. That's that's my fucking release. There you go. That's, that's my good. release yeah. is playing guitar that's for good. hours and just riffing. Oh, funny thing, like, funny thing recently. I'm, I'm in the garage, and this is where my amp is, my, my 69 Sun Scepter, and I got my 76 Gibson SG. And I was riffing earlier this week, and you because know, we're quarantined. And so uh, earlier this week, you know, I was just riffing away on my guitars, you know, just playing. And these kids in the neighborhood on bicycles, they ride up and because they hear the guitar from down the street. And I'm playing it pretty loud. And they, they come up on their bicycles, and they're just watching me riff away. And, you know, I'm just, you know. Well, you're like, kinda, keep your distance. Stay back in the shits. <laughs> No, Don't like come near me. <laughs> yeah, these, pretty much. That's like these, these are smart game. kids. They're probably like eight, nine, ten, twelve years old. You know, it was like four or five of them. Mm. And they're just watching me play guitar. And it felt good because it was like, you know what? Like, I'm probably that weird, crazy guy who's like playing guitar in their neighborhood and they're like watching me play guitar. And maybe, you know, they'll grow up and like, you they'll know, tell make, the tale. Well, there's not, there's not really much of a tale, but maybe they'll play music too. Well, and the other thing, a positive of this whole thing is I think we're going to see very cool art come out. Sure. Like, six months down the road because people are trapped in houses. I think there's going to be a lot of great music that's going to come out. Um, I mentioned last week I'm kind of having to change the way I record. And I think the next album that I do is all of a sudden going to sound a little bit more video gamey because I'm doing some of it through a Nintendo. <laughs> so like, you got you to get creative. So I think that's one positive is we're going to see, 
you know, people have to approach art a little bit differently. And I think it's yeah. going to have cool results. And, and guys like this, this is going to go on for a while. This isn't just going to be a one and done thing. This, our current administration is thinking like, Oh, it's going to go away well, like magic. They're, yeah. Saying? They're thinking, ah, very good. This is going to change just like nine 11 changed the way we travel. Uh, this coronavirus or, or any future, uh, yeah. pandemics that it's, happen. Yeah, sure. It's it's very interesting, like how this is affecting us both, you know, positively. There's a lot of negatives to it, but we're seeing uh, less pollution, less smog, less footprint, basically that you know that humans have. You know, this is our second episode where uh, we are under quarantine. You, the listener, when you listen to this, I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> They're like, we, this episode sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, we, we will still be under these same situations for a while. So we appreciate you guys for sticking with us. We hope that, you, that we can provide you with some entertainment. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Yeah, definitely. And, and to David's point, it's also forcing us to be a little bit more creative on how we do stuff. So whether that be through YouTube. And I, and I can't complain. This is fun. Yeah. Whether that yeah. be through YouTube or through, you know, finding a way to, I, I can tell you this, I rather enjoy not having to wake up at the butt crack of dawn and drive <laughs> to David's house. And <laughs> you're so selfish. I, I know. I figured, <laughs> Brett, I figured you'd be on board with that because, you know, I, I raised my concerns, you know, um, and I was like, you know, I think we should play it safe. I think we should do what the doctor says, you know. Well, I think um, something you said also resonated to Alan was we have to set a good example. And whether, you know, we don't have millions of listeners, but we need yeah. to set a good example. And and not to get not to get too political, but when you have when you have people in the GOP and the fucking talking heads on the news and they're saying that, you know, oh, well, we need to save the economy, and if we have to lose some lives, it is what it is. No, fuck off. Fuck I don't give guy. a fuck about the economy. That I lieutenant governor from about. Texas? I'll get political. That yeah. fucker's an asshole. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dan Patrick, and not the sports Dan Patrick, but the lieutenant and then, governor. Uh, yeah, and, and Laura. Did you think Dan, that Dan Patrick's like, stop, like, <laughs> like coming at me on social media? Yeah. It's the other yeah. ass. Sports Dan know, Patrick's and, like, ah, uh, uh, we're. Danica just, Patrick's so, like, and I don't want any of this shit yeah. either. Like, get me out of here. No, and and just these these idiots, these psychopaths like like Laura Ingram, who's like you know saying the same thing. It's like, oh, we got to save the economy. No, no, fuck off. I don't give a fucking shit about the economy. Laura like, Ingram's always know. been a sociopath, though. So money money's nice. I'd rather uh, be alive. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather us, everybody have happy just, lives than me have a bunch potato of potato. No, to us, we're just we're just peasants. With that said, yes, we're not puppets. But you know what has a puppet in it? <laughs> oh, I provided a segue. Yeah, you did. Very good segue. See? So, ah. uh, Alan, you picked these two movies this week. Um, they were your choices. Uh, do you want to say any? Well, do you want to say anything about the movies before we start talking about them, or why? you Yeah, picked absolutely. Them? Magic is a film from 1978. I've always wanted to see it. It's one of it's one of Anthony Hopkins' earlier roles. I, I don't recall if it's his first roller but it's it's early burgess meredith is in it he's a veteran actor we all know him from the rocky series um and margaret a great actress um and it's directed by richard attenborough do you guys know who he is yeah uh john hammond from uh, jurassic park directed right. Gan- directed gandhi yeah. like yeah, yeah he's I mean, no so more he's as a prob- director Probably most recognize you're right, David, by, you know, by Americans as, you know. Most famous for Jurassic Park, but yeah, but most of his career, he was a director. Yeah, and and he's a lord, too, Lord Richard Attenborough. Um, But he passed away. David Attenborough? Yep, they're brothers. Okay, David Attenborough was the nature filmmaker, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So everybody remembers him from, you know, the, welcome to Jurassic Jurassic. (laughs) But but he, but he was a pretty good director, um, yeah. and he directed this film, Magic, based on a novel. Yeah, based on a novel, and uh, I've always wanted to see it. And um, I hadn't seen you know, it before. We'll, uh, had you seen it before, yeah. David? No, not only that, I had never even heard of this movie. What? And then when yeah. I, when I started watching it, and I saw Richard Attenborough's name, I was like, "Huh, all right." You had never even yeah. heard of it? it no. Huh. And you know. 
And and I think the reason why we haven't really heard of it, we don't know much about it, is because a lot of these films from the 70s, not a lot of them transitioned over into the decade of the 80s where we had a lot of movie staples. Okay, can can term Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, we had Terminator, we had Friday the 13th, we had Alien, we had, you know, well Alien was late 70s, but a lot of these films from the 70s unless it was like a big box office attraction or a big success they're not really talked about so you know you have a movie like jaws everybody still talks about jaws to this day you have a movie like polter or not poltergeist um exorcist everybody talks about it to this day yeah no but but i do want to go through some of the credits real quick before you get started with the plot in this movie um, and then, and then we'll talk about our other movie too. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the writer of this movie was William Goldman mm-hmm. and William Goldman wrote the book, but also wrote the screenplay. William Goldman also wrote the screenplay for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm. the Stepford Wives, Marathon Man, All the President's Men, um, Heat, which is based on his novel, not, not Heat, That's it. not Heat, um, the Heat with James Caan, I think. Oh, okay. I was like the De Niro, uh, no. Pacino movie, uh, Princess Bride, oh. what he, which he also wrote the novel. Yeah, um, he was a gr- he's a great writer. Yeah, uh, he, Last Action Hero, Wait. Maverick, Dolores Claiborne. Oh, he wrote Last Action Hero, <laughs> dude. I know we've talked about this. I love Last Action Hero. That movie's a blast. But I'm just saying, like, like this guy was no schlep, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Dude, director. Last Action Hero is one of those movies. It's so fun. Yeah. Like it's just it's funny. It has action. Like it's just I don't know. It's not a it's not a great film, but it's like entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Director director wise, um, you know Richard Attenborough, Gandhi, Chaplin. Chaplin um, was good. You know Robert Downey Jr. This this movie, yeah, uh, this movie. So 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 there's a lot of, and then you got Anthony Hopkins. You got Anne Margaret. You got Burgess Meredith. There's a lot of professionalism attached to this film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you got music by Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry yep. Goldsmith. So, like, you have a so top-notch... We'll see if it holds up. You have a top-notch writer based on his novel, right? So it's like he wrote the book, and then he wrote the screenplay. You have a top-notch director. You have a top-notch music. And you have... I want to say all three of them were nominated for Oscars. I know Anthony Hopkins won. Burgess Meredith, I don't know if he ever won an Oscar. But, I mean, come on. Burgess Meredith? That's a good... Burgess Meredith, that's a good question. Um, Burgess Meredith has been around... Burgess Meredith was old, even when he wasn't old, though. He was old forever. Even the old Twilight Zone episodes seemed old. Yeah. Burgess Meredith was only nominated for two... Academy Awards. He was ne- he never won. Was he nominated he, to play uh, for playing Mickey in oh, the Rocky movies? Um, he, I think he was. He was fucking uh, awesome in the first Rocky great. movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. He was nominated for a uh, best supporting actor. Because you know something about that in the first film. I, I love the Rocky movies. By the way, I love all of them, even yeah. the bad ones. I love. But the something about the first Rocky movie is that movie's just as much about Mickey's redemption and Mickey as it is about Rocky, right? Because Mickey finally sees a way that he can make his impact mm-hmm. as, a, as a trainer, and he mm-hmm. sees that in Rocky. And then Rocky is just, you know, some big balook. But, uh, <laughs> but he has a human side to him, too. But anyway, that movie's fucking awesome. But regardless, and then and, and Sir Anthony Hopkins, right? Um, mm, yeah. And then Anne Margaret. And Anne Margaret was also with Burgess Meredith in Grumpy Old Men. Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> right. And Grumpier Old Men. Um, <laughs> Burgess yeah. Meredith is fantastic in those movies. He is hilarious. I love him. Have you seen some of the, some of the outtakes are really great yes. too? Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the movie a little bit. So Anthony Hopkins, by the way, okay, so I'm watching this movie last night. This movie came out in 78, which I was one. So this movie is <laughs> 42 years old at this point. Anthony Hopkins in this movie was younger than I am right now. Did you think? That, yeah, I thought the same thing. It was like he looks a lot older. Like I like looked up like how old he was, and I was like, God, people just looked old then. Yes, same with Anne Margaret too. Anne like Margaret, Anne Margaret looked. My, I told my yeah. wife, I go, Anne Margaret was only thirty-seven when 
she was in this movie. And my wife goes, she looks like she's 57. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I think she looked uh, No, she looked. She looked. She looked. She looked pretty. She looked good. Oh, well, and Margaret, a, even even grumpy old men. She's, she's gorgeous. Still beautiful. Um, I, I just. She's still on. alive, by the way. Um, I I just got to give an official meow for Anne Margaret. <laughs> uh, by the way, I think this is the only movie where she shows uh, nudity. Oh, little booby. Yeah, we get to see uh, a little it's bit boobage. of her boob, a uh, little nip slip. What a Mr. Skin all of a sudden? I'm like, at the uh, one hour and two minute mark. (laughs) Putting in all the research for you guys. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to. Fast forwarding to the good parts. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so the movie Magic. It opens up with Anthony Hopkins, and and he's going to talk to his mentor, uh, who's seemingly on his deathbed. And his mentor is a magician. Merlin. Yeah, Merlin. And he's like asking him he's like or the merlin's asking anthony hopkins court is his name corky corky yeah corky yeah. what a name yeah. <laughs> it, was his, it was his nickname his, his real name was charles but corky was the nickname so he's asking corky how the show went and corky's feeding him a line of bs he's telling him oh it went great the audience was great blah blah blah, blah. meanwhile as as we the viewing audience we've seen what really happened and what really happened was yeah. nobody gives a shit about magicians, all right? Yeah, magicians, he, yeah, he bombed. And and realistically, like I love magic. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a magician. Like I had magic sets. I yeah, read, me too. I read a bunch <laughs> of books. I studied a bunch of stuff. I could still do certain card tricks and certain sleight of hand stuff. So the trick that he does with Anne Margaret, by the way. I was like, I know, I know how to do that. I can do that right now. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, I know that trick. I got, I got fucking do that. <laughs> but is, uh, is that, I was is like, that how bragging. you got Christina? You did that. You did that card trick with Christina, and that's how you got. I know. It, right? I was really pissed off when they gave it away in that movie, and I was like, uh, uh, that's not how I did it. Uh, we really have a connection. <laughs> I got a connection, baby. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but that being said, is like I also know that magic is just like one step above comedic improv like like as far as like on the talent hierarchy goes like magicians and improvisers are like the lowest of the low and then you got like maybe ventriloquists you could throw in there too and then jugglers (laughs) and then it goes all the way up to like musician right because like being in a band like being like the guitarist or the lead singer in a band is like the best that you can be (laughs) <laughs> and then it trickles down to like actor and like drummer in a band and like bassist. <laughs> like like and there's a hierarchy. Magicians at the bottom. Unless of course you're like David Copperfield. But then there's only one because everybody's like, well, he does it all. Like we don't need to see another person do it. Basically, he gets shit on by the audience. The audience doesn't give a fucking damn. Um, yeah. But it like immediately cuts then though to like. It's like a year later. Yeah. Yeah. And Burgess yeah, Meredith. Now he's, now he's killing it. Yeah. Burgess Meredith is his agent, and he invites a guy yeah. from NBC down to the show to see him. And it says, like, it might have even said, like, 28 weeks in a row. I don't know if it said 28, but it, it was like <laughs> he had been performing at the same club for, like, a certain amount of weeks in a row. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Burg- and the, the NBC guy is like a magician. Magicians don't do well on TV because they just don't. They fucking suck. And he's like, just watch him. Just watch And he's got his cigar, and he's like, man. Hey, you just gotta, yeah. you just gotta watch him. Yeah. Typical, like, stereotypical, like, Jewish agent. New York, like, Jewish New York 70s agents. New York entertainment agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that about these films. And so he, Anthony Hopkins gets on stage and he, and he seemingly fucks up a magic trick. Yeah. And we hear from the audience, we hear, I know how he's going to do it. He's going to yeah. lift the five cards. <clears throat> and he's getting heckled. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. What is going on here? Yeah. So Hopkins yeah. goes out in the audience and he goes up to whoever's saying that and it's actually a dummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A ventriloquist dummy and his name is Fats. Yeah. And he takes Fats up on stage and like Anthony Hopkins like the best ventriloquist ever in the world. Like <laughs> he doesn't move. That was him. That was him doing those voices. It was him doing the voices. Obviously he wasn't yeah, doing the yeah. ventriloquism, right? They had pre-recorded the voice, but <coughs> Sorry, hold on. Drink a beer. Yeah, beer will help. Beer, <laughs> beer is good. Beer is beer. good. 
Dude, it's good. Remember that from uh, Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber? Pills are good. Test pills Pills are are good. good. Brett, do you need a test? No, I don't need a test. Pills are good. (laughs) I love that fucking movie. Hold on, I know CPR. (laughs) Grabs his legs. It's easier if you just lay back. (laughs) I gotta watch that again. Um, oh, yeah. I know Anthony Hopkins wasn't really a ventriloquist, but they're presenting his character of Corky as being like the he's greatest. Good. Like, he's like back and forth with this Fats doll. And Fats has got a foul mouth and he's very crass. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, making comments on like people's yeah. boobs and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, he's cursing and everything. And the NBC exec is loving it. He's like, this yeah, is like, going to awesome. be the biggest thing ever. Yeah. The performance within the movie I thought was really entertaining. Like the way they pulled yeah, that off. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, Burgess Meredith, I mean, to kind of speed through things a little bit, Burgess Meredith gets him a deal with NBC. Yeah. Subject to yeah. him taking a medical test. And Anthony Hopkins refuses to. Yeah, yeah. won't do it. And Burgess no. Meredith is like, what's wrong with you? This is, he's like, you're just scared of being famous. That's what it is. So let's just get over that and you'll be fine. Yeah, take the take the exam, you'll be you'll be good. Yeah, and he's like, he's like fuck nope. you, it's on principle. And he goes uh up, He takes off. He goes to the Catskills. He goes to the Catskills where he was born and raised. And he goes to this uh place that rents out the cabins on it's this like a, lake. Yeah. Yeah. And he's it, he's looking for his old high school crush. Yes. Like mm-hmm. he and she was like his best friend too. Um, but he also had a crush on her. But she was like a popular girl, and he was kind of less popular. It seemed. And it's he was in the friend zone. Yep. And yeah. she married uh, like some high school. Jock. His buddies. Yeah. Anyway, so he he finds her, and she's renting out this room in the uh, by this lake, and he's gonna he stays there, and uh, he does this magic trick that we were talking about earlier. He does this magic trick to her that it's supposed to have this connection and he like it's like an esp kind of thing and he's like freaking out like he's like sweating like anthony hopkins does a really good job in this movie not to reveal my rating but he does such a good job of playing such like a the dichotomy between entertainer like a just when he, yeah, yeah, he's all over the place. Like uh, in this scene, like he's super hostile and angry, and then like and then he's calm. Like he's yeah, he's just all over the place yeah, emotionally. Yeah. yeah, and this is this is early Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he had done this is like, I mean, he had done movies like in the late sixties, but yes, this is like one of his earlier like major roles. But like he had done like theater, like he was a very Shakespearean sure. trained actor. He was forty yeah. years old when he did this movie, so he was a young guy like me. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he does this magic trick and they have this connection and she falls for it like hook, line, and sinker, basically. Yeah, they bang like immediately. Yeah, they go at it. She, but she's also unhappy with her marriage. Yeah. And that guy is like, they've separated. She's like, they, we've separated so many times, on again, off again. Um, but she basically is planning on leaving him and she's now find a way out. And the way out is she's going to attach herself to Anthony Hopkins, a guy who she's in love with, but he also happens to be successful and can take her away from this bullshit life. He uh, is cool with that, and then all of a sudden her husband, Duke, comes back home. And even before that, Burgess Meredith shows up. Yeah, right. he's looking for him. He shows yep. up. He, he, he's like, he finds him. He's like sneaking around, and he finds him in the cabin. Well, unbeknownst to Anthony Hopkins, who's having a fucking ridiculous conversation with his dummy because he's a fucking psycho, right? All right? Yeah. So, spoiler yeah. alert, Anthony yeah. Hopkins is psychotic. And he, like, yeah. talks to this dummy. <laughs> and he's like... Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dummy is, like, his evil side. And he's like, you gotta do it, see? And he's like, I can't do it. <laughs> and, you know, they're going back and forth, right? <clears throat> and Burgess Meredith is standing in the doorway, like... He sees all this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, on the cigar and he's like, what the, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. You the left, you finished, you're done. So he, he, suspected, he suspected something was wrong because he didn't want to take a medical test because Burgess Meredith, he's actually a good guy in this movie. He wants to get him a, he wants uh, to get him a help. TV deal. Yeah, he wants yeah, to get he, help. Well, he wants to get him help, but he wanted to get him a TV deal. And Corky was like, no, I don't want to do it because, you know, he didn't want to get a medical evaluation because he knows he's crazy. Yeah. He knows yeah. something so Mickey. Meredith Burgess <laughs> finds out 
from a cab driver that took Corky out here. He finds out that Corky's out here and, and he sees like this, this behavior from it and he knows something's wrong. He suspected it and now he sees it. Yeah. And so they have this conversation and he said he's seen it before. Yeah. He's yeah. He's seen it before. And he says, he's basically like, don't talk to your dummy for five minutes. Yeah, and Anthony yeah. Hopkins like I can talk he's to. Like him. this is ridiculous, and he's like I don't think you can do it. He's like, and I he's can... like I can do it. He's like I can do it for five years. Yeah, and like thirty seconds into it, he's all, "How long has it been?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like you still got four and a half it was, minutes. It was really tense. Yeah, like, yeah, I really that's probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yep. And even at one point, then when Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, at one point, he's just like. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't make it. I, I can't do this. Yeah. And so he grabs the dummy and he starts talking as the dummy. And Burgess Meredith is like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go get you help." So Anthony Hopkins like chases him down, and uh, the dummy says, "You know, beat him to death with me." <laughs> so he <laughs> beats him to death. He bludgeons well, him with the puppet. Yeah, and he doesn't really beat him to death because as he's hiding the body in the water. Uh, Burgess Meredith comes back to life, and Anthony Hopkins has yeah. to drown him. Just drown yeah. him, yeah. They have a struggle. So now Duke comes back home, and Anthony Hopkins yep. is like, fuck, I just killed my agent, and now the husband of the girl that I'm in love with is supposed to run and away from this man. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds, the Duke finds his Mercedes. Well, uh, Rolls Royce. Uh, Rolls, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce, excuse me. Rolls Royce, yeah, that uh, belonged to... Uh, Burgess Meredith. Uh, Burgess Meredith Green. His his name was Green. Yeah, Gang Green. Yeah, Ben Green. Yeah, Ben Green, Gang Green, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and it's like, Anthony Hopkins is like, oh, I wonder whose this is. Oh, this is uh, this is Gang Green's. I wonder what happened to him. And he, <laughs> Gang Green. And he makes up. He did a really good job <laughs> of, like, playing dumb. Yeah, and he, like, makes up this whole phone conversation also. He makes a fake phone call to kind of create an alibi. Yeah, yep. the, yeah. Ben went home or he got stuck in the mud and he had to like take a cab back. His right? way back to New oh, York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that all happens, but Duke kind of is suspicious. He's a, yeah, he suspects that there's an affair going on. And he confronts mm-hmm. Anne so Margaret. He, yeah. And Anne Margaret's and, like, yeah. I didn't sleep with him, but I wanted to. And I wanted to. And I'm going to leave yeah. him. I'm going to leave you for him. Yeah, so then he approaches Corky. He's like, let's go fishing. Yeah, let's go fishing. And he and he plays dumb. And he's like, you know, so, you know, she tells me, like, you you slept together. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. He's like, that didn't happen. And and then he kind of opens up to him. And he's like, I think I'm going to lose her. Like, Duke is like, I think I'm going to lose her. Like, he really needs somebody to talk to. And he's like, oh, he's like, no, you're a great guy, Duke. You know, and they're out in the they're out in the lake. And Duke's fishing, and, and then he catch, and he, Duke's fishing, yeah, and he, he catches something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and it's the audience are like, oh my god, here comes the body. And meanwhile, Anthony yeah. Hopkins is like, just let it go, just cut it off, let's go, let's, let's go, uh, get out of here. <laughs> it's like no, he's this freaking is out. He's freaking out, and he's just like he's ready to whack Duke with an oar. He's got the oar in his hand, yeah, yeah. But it's just a, but it's it's just a tree, tree branch. branch, yeah. And then yeah. Duke, off in the distance, sees the body of Burgess Meredith washed up on the shore. Like, oh shit, there's a dead body over there. And Anthony Hopkins is like, oh, I wonder who this oh, is. Wow. And oh. Duke's like, could this be your agent? And he's like, no, my agent it, is six foot three. Yeah. <laughs> it was just very like, very quick witted. Yeah, like he lies with the best of them. And there's no, like they check the body, there's no ID or anything like that on the body. So they have no idea really of knowing who it is. So he's like, hell, oh, this is funny. He tells Corky like, Go call the police. So Corky like runs to the cabin, and then the guy starts doing CPR on what is an obviously, obviously dead like, person, very dead and bloated body. Yep. Like, he dead. Yep. So yeah. Duke's like he goes back to Corky's cabin, and he's looking around because he's still suspicious. He's like something's not right with this. Yeah, <clears throat> and he sees the dummy, and the dummy's just sitting there by itself. Yeah, and then the dummy's eyes move. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit, maybe the dummy is, like, possessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the dummy's hand goes up, and it, that's a fucking switchblade, and it stabs yeah. Duke. Yeah, and right before that, Duke finds the uh, Ben's ID right. uh, yes. in, in Corky's drawer. But yeah, yeah, he, uh, the puppet shanks him real nice. And then you're like, holy yeah. shit, what the fuck? Yeah. The dummy's alive? Yeah. 
But and that's what it, it it wants to make the audience think that. But it was Corky behind the curtain. Yeah, behind yeah, the, Corky yeah. was yeah. hiding behind the a curtain behind the yeah. dummy, which uh, ultimately controlled that. So uh, he kills Duke now, and so he's like, "All right, I killed my agent, I killed Duke, but I still got the gal, <laughs> and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get away with her, right? We're gonna get out of yeah. here." So he's talking to Aunt Margaret uh, through a series of events and. Uh, Fucking. He basically like, convinces her, like, oh, Duke went hunting. He's not going to be back. Let's get out of here. Yeah, and she's ready to go, except for Fats opens up his fucking wooden mouth. And he starts saying how, oh, you know that magic trick? That was something he does on everybody. He does it to stewardesses all the time to get to get laid. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, fuck you. <laughs> and she runs away. <laughs> so she goes up to her yeah. room. And Anthony Hopkins, this was probably my favorite scene in the movie, when Anthony Hopkins really fucking loses his shit. And he's talking to Fats. And he and Fats starts controlling him like a puppet. And yeah. Fats is like, jump up and down, turn around, touch the sky, do do do. Now go grab a knife. And Anthony go Hopkins grab a knife. is like, what? Mm-hmm. So um, he basically, the puppet convinces Anthony Hopkins to grab a knife and to go kill Piggy, yeah, yeah. So he goes, and I think it was up. It was up to this part, I think, where like she wanted to leave with him, but he, but she wanted to tell Duke, "I'm leaving you." Yeah, she wanted to tell. She wanted to break it off in person, right? So she's up in her bedroom, and Anthony Hopkins, well, as as the dummy Fats knocks on the door, and he's like, uh, "Corky made you something. Uh, I want to show it to you. It's really gonna make you smile." And she's like, just leave it at the door. Leave me alone. Get the fuck out of here. And so he's like, all right. And he leaves. And she goes out there, and it's a carved wooden heart, which he said he made one for years ago, and he never gave it to her. And so here's a new one, or it's the old one, whatever it is. And and she looks at it, and she, like, smiles. And then, like, hiding behind a corner, there's Anthony Hopkins standing there with the switchblade. With his, yeah. And he goes back, <laughs> and now we cut to the cabin where Anthony Hopkins comes back, and he's got blood all over his hands and all over the knife. And he drops the knife mm-hmm. in front of Fats, and Fats is like, did you take care of it? <laughs> he's all, <laughs> he's all, she was smiled when she saw the heart, you know, she, she loved it, whatever. And then um, Fats starts saying stuff like, my stomach, if I had one, would be hurting right now. And yeah, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I don't feel so good. Um, What's going on here? And we find out that Anthony Hopkins killed, stabbed himself. Mm. And so he slowly dies, and Fats yeah. slowly dies. Fats is dying, too. To, dying to keep together. himself from killing uh, Anne Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, fucking Anne Margaret, they're dead. And Margaret, of course, like a second later, shows up outside the cabin. And she's like, Corky, I changed my mind. I'm ready to go with you. I love you. (laughs) And then she starts talking as the Fats dummy, which was kind of a weird ending. Kind of joking, like, oh, come out, come out, or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. if you don't come out, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah, she was always (laughs) charmed by his performance with with the dummy. Yeah, and then that's the end of the movie. Yep. So, uh, David, what did you think? Uh, I liked this movie. Uh, I thought Anthony Hopkins did a really good job. I couldn't tell. Was he supposed to be British? Was he supposed to be an American? He grew up in America, but he still kind of has his Anthony his, Hopkins voice. Uh, but I think yeah, his dad character. was a performer. Uh, okay. His voice Catskills, threw me off a and little he, bit. He only grew up there because his dad was a performer there. So he was originally from England. I thought Burgess Meredith was fantastic. Uh, I thought he was the highlight of the movie. Just a really good performance. Uh, everybody did a good job. I thought it was well written, well acted. Uh, I wouldn't call this a horror film. To me, it was more of a psychological thriller. Kind of a, yeah. Uh, so what, there wasn't much of a horror element. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little slow at times, but still very well made. I would recommend it. I didn't love it, but I gave it a three. Uh, mm. I'd probably go higher if there were if there was just a little bit more going on. But I did enjoy it, so it'd be a three for me. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll like kind of emulate basically what David said and just say three for me. Also, um, I really liked Anthony Hopkins' performance. I thought Burgess Meredith did well as well, but I thought Anthony Hopkins did such a good job of playing such a nut job, so, a, a guy who just lost his fucking marbles, yeah. and it was like a guy who had had enough of getting treated like shit. 
and it's seemingly like he had gotten treated like shit in high school, and then he had gotten treated like shit in his chosen profession, a profession that he loved so much, and then he mm-hmm. just like lost his fucking marbles. And mm-hmm. you know, just just from the the sweating and the like, the back and forth between him and the dummy, and the I I think this performance solidified and and really up until this point he hadn't done a lot of mainstream stuff uh mm-hmm. like like he's done since this but i think this solidifies his performance as like okay he's an actor that can go far and he can play roles like Hannibal Lecter and uh right. you know so i i but i give the movie a 3 the movie was slow mm-hmm. in some parts it was more of a drama it was more of a tragedy than it was horror. Um, it was. It's only horror because it's like I don't know. He kills some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I give it a three. Well, it's, I like the movie. Give it a three. Yeah, it's it's definitely horror. Um, it's psychological horror, and it's. I think it's it's a great example from the seventies. One thing I really liked uh, going into this, like from the start, I love showbiz examples like especially like new york show business like um king of comedy yep. by martin scorsese yeah, and Robert yeah. De Niro. i love those kind of movies where it's show business within a movie um broadway danny rose woody allen is another one i love these kind of movies where you're watching a performance did you like joker i haven't seen joker yet oh well, yeah, you got to. Oh, I, I I love those kind of movies where where you're watching a comedic performance within a movie or some kind of entertainment. Um, Casino, even Casino, where you know um, the character I can't remember his name in Casino, Robert De Niro's character, but he has like a talk show in the movie. Mm-hmm. I love old like showbiz staples of like talk shows and like stand up comedy, and this and this was what I really enjoyed about this movie is like, you know, he had a ventriloquist and a magic show and it was really cool because you're watching a performance within a movie. And I, and I have, that's something I love about movies. Have you guys seen Birdman? Yes. That movie's excellent. Uh, it's a, another movie like about like a performer and yeah. kind of behind the scenes and stuff. Goes crazy. Yeah. And he and goes nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites is King of Comedy and Robert De Niro. That's one of his best performances in my mm-hmm. Yeah. And but Jerry Lewis. I, uh, Jerry Lewis. Sandra, Jerry Lewis. Sandra Bernhardt. Jer- I love King of Comedy. Yeah. Like, I wish we could talk about that movie, but that movie's great. This, well, you need to you watch, know, you need to watch Joker then because it's very, King very of King of Comedy. Great direction. Uh, lots of close ups and quick views just right from the start where he's talking to his mentor and just the way it was filmed and just like the, uh, you know, going back to his performance and then he's talking to his mentor and just the camera angles. It was great. Um, Jerry Goldsmith who did the score was fantastic. Like just all the right moments, all the tense moments. Do you think the score was that good? Like there were some elements of it that I was like, I love I, Jerry Goldsmith. I didn't really like the score. There's like an accordion or something like that. Uh, I, it was a little, I thought it was a little bit carnival. It was a har- harmonica, like, I, I think. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a harmonica. Yeah, it was a harmonica. But it kind of added to the theme of like the ventriloquist. You had the yeah. dummy. It was, you know, it was a little I bit I thought it was a little soap opera It was a little bit dark, too. I mean, you know, but I thought the score was great. Um, all the performances were awesome, especially like like you guys said, Burgess Meredith was great. And I really felt for him too, because I really liked his character. He, he really cared about Corky and, you know, he was one of those Hollywood agents, but he was one that cared about his client. Yeah. He wasn't an asshole. And yeah, he wasn't an asshole and he was very likable and, you know, he was an old timer and it was very tragic, like the way he was killed. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's like, you didn't really hate Corky either because he was also very. He's a tragic um, character. It was like he's a very mm-hmm. tragic character. Yeah. Like you know, so it was. It's the same way you don't he, hate Robert Downey Jr. in King of Comedy. He is nuts. No, Robert De Niro. Robert, Robert De Niro. Niro. Sorry, Robert De Niro in King of Comedy because he's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And 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 it was very immersive. These characters were very immersing, especially Corky's character, because you knew what was happening. He was very troubled. He wasn't. He wasn't a um, a willing killer. Like he was somebody yeah. who was, go, you know, he was very troubled. Um, 
but a lot of tense scenes, especially on the boat where they he caught he thought he caught a fish, um, <laughs> and then you know uh, he's trying to cover up his tracks. I only wish that there was a little bit more to his background, maybe like maybe he had killed people before. Well, like, what was the moment? What was the moment that he picked up the dummy? Yeah, you know, like a little bit more background. Yeah. Maybe. There were maybe there were more victims. Maybe there could have been more victims. Um, so I think it could have been a little bit uh, more developed with that. You know, it could have been a little bit better. But I thought it was really great. I gave this a four. So that gives us what a three point three three, David. Yep. So it gives us a three point three three, which I think probably falls in line. I think it's something that people should watch. Um, you know, the thing I will say is that. It's almost to me. It almost felt like a longer episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah, like the ventriloquist dummy episode. Like the ventriloquist dummy episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I will say it did a good uh-huh. job of of keeping me in suspense because I was like, "Is the dummy real?" So that kind of leads us into our next movie, which is along the same lines of this movie, and it's called Daniel Isn't Real. Um, this movie <laughs> came out in two thousand nineteen. Um, so it's a relatively new movie stars, uh, some people that are, are younger Hollywood. Uh, well, Mary Stuart Masterson plays the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Otherwise a mostly young cast, mostly young cast. The but kid, two kids of Hollywood people. <laughs> are they? Yeah. So the, the, the main character, Luke is Miles Robbins. Who's the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Oh, I didn't even know and, that. And then, and then Daniel is Patrick Schwarzenegger. I knew that. Patrick Schwarzenegger, yeah. which is Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know some, that some, this was some, Maya some Robbins. Guy named, some guy named Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew I knew the Patrick Schwarzenegger, obviously, from the last name. Uh, the, the main kid, Luke, I only knew him because he was in Halloween 2018. Oh, yeah. He was the That's boyfriend right. of the babysitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got two actors who are... Hollywood royalty uh, in Patrick Schwarzenegger who plays Daniel, um, Miles Robbins who plays Luke, and Mary Stuart Masterson plays Luke's mom. The rest of the characters in this movie are kind of ancillary. Um, yeah. We don't really yeah. need to or up and comers. Yeah, and we don't really need to know much about them. I guess there's Luke's love interest is kind of important, but we'll get to her in a second. Luke, when he's a little kid. His parents are arguing in the kitchen, and we don't really know mm-hmm. what exactly they're arguing about. We kind of get like she doesn't want to take some kind of medicine, and the dad's just like, "You got to take it." And Luke's like, "Fuck this!" And he's like, ten years old." Yeah, he's gonna go for a walk. Yeah, he bolts it out of the house. They're like in New York, and he goes out. And right at that moment, right before that, actually, some guy went nuts and went into mm-hmm. a diner and just like blew everybody away with a shotgun. And then mm-hmm. he got killed. And so Luke comes across this scene after it's all happened and he sees the end result. And as he's sitting there staring at it, you know, a 10-year-old, very impressionable kid, uh, another kid is standing next to him and the kid turns to him and he goes, you want to go play? Luke's like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, let's go play. It's like, why aren't the cops covering up the body? <laughs> like just, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he goes, they go out and play. And they're playing at the playground, and they're having a fucking blast. And it's like Luke's never even had this much human contact before. <laughs> he's just he's just mm-hmm. he's just going uh, ape shit with this kid, and they're they're just pretending they're sword fighting and they're doing stuff. The mom comes out, and she's like, "You gotta come home." And she's and he goes, "Well, can Daniel come with me?" And she's like, "Who, who the fuck is Daniel? Who?" And yeah, he's like, "Daniel's right here. He's right here." And the mom goes, "Fine." And she looks at Daniel, but she doesn't look at him because Daniel's not real. Daniel's yeah, she, goes along, she goes along with it. And she's like, Daniel, do you want to come over to our house for dinner? Daniel says, sure. And Daniel comes over to the house. Well, time goes by, and Luke is seemingly doing awesome. And one night he makes uh, like a smoothie or something for his fucking mom. A super, yes, a superpower smoothie for mom. Mm. Daniel, Daniel, he recommends it. Yep. Take all of her pills, put them in a little, uh, put them in a blender. And she'll get really better. Yeah. Well, obviously that poisons mom. And she's like, what did you do to me? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it wasn't me. It was Daniel. And so the mom's like, we got to lock Daniel up. And Mm -hmm. so they put Daniel and he makes him get into like this dollhouse. 
Yeah, it, like banishes him in. Like, get in, get in there. This movie's like Drop Dead Fred. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, very Drop Dead Fred. But uh, yeah. a horror. mixed with Fight Club. <laughs> mixed with Fight Club. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's how they pitched it. They're like, all right. We got this idea. Drop oh. dead friend. Fight club. <laughs> yeah, Burgess Meredith. Beach fight club. Yeah. I got it. Profits will roll yeah. right in. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got the Schwarzenegger kid. We got the Robbins kid. We got Mary Stewart <laughs> Masterson. And then we got a ventriloquist. <laughs> Everything you need. <laughs> oh, darn great, guys. Um. So, uh, yeah. So he locks him up in this fucking thing, and now we're like. 20 years later or whatever, 15 years yeah. later, 10 years later. I don't know why. Fuck Luke's, Luke's in college now. He's in college. Yeah. He's sitting yeah, on he's... a rooftop like he's going to jump. Yeah, and then his, he, he's going to go home to visit his mom, and his mom is a fucking lunatic. She's oh, batshit insane. Yep. Dad her. left years ago. Mom's got, like, cutouts of books and newspapers and shit, like, strewn across the entire Over the apartment. walls and, yeah. She says they're, like, messages. And all the mirrors are all scratched out because she doesn't like she her doesn't like her own reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes home to visit her. And then he also visits his psychiatrist. And his psychiatrist is like, because, because he he's has an episode. He's that he's going to end up like her mom. Well, yeah. He also like has an mom. episode where he sees like these demons. And the yeah. psychiatrist is like, have you ever seen anything before that wasn't there? And he tells them about. About Daniel. And the psychiatrist is like, and, and you're right, Alan. He's worried that he's going to end up like his mom. But, uh. The psychiatrist is like, I'll tell you what, maybe you should free Daniel and we'll see what happens. You know, maybe that'll help you. Worst Once advice again, the psychiatrist bad, could ever give. Yeah, <laughs> bad move, human. Bad move. <laughs> so he goes back home and he releases Daniel. His mom has a fucking nervous breakdown and she like locks herself in a bathroom. And uh, uh, Luke's like, mom, I'm going to kick the door down. And he kicks the door down. His mom's going to kill herself. He kicks the door down, and like there in the bathtub is Daniel, who's now played by Patrick Schwarzenegger. Mm. And he's very, um, I told my wife, I said, he reminds me of a cross between uh, American Psycho, mm-hmm. Patrick Bateman, oh, very much, and Donald Patrick Trump Bateman, yeah. Jr. <laughs> like, he's very, like, yeah, that kind of he asshole. really looked like. <laughs> He really looked like his dad from Raw Deal. But he also looks like his mom. Like, he's a good mixture of both of them. Like, he's yeah. not, like... With the slick back hair, he looked like he looked like Arnold from Raw Deal. Like, it was just like, fuck. Like, he looks just like his dad. But he's got some of those Shriver things, too. But they both have big jaw lines. Yeah. And they... Yeah. Uh, the, the Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger, so... Um, Dude, every time Patrick Schwarzenegger, like, every time he spoke in this film i was expecting like the fucking austrian accent spoiler alert i'm gonna say this i thought he did phenomenal in this movie yeah he was very good uh, i was almost disappointed that he didn't have the accent <laughs> but i think like he did a he's a good he did a good job of acting like i don't know if was, this is gonna be the a great pinnacle villain. for him but he was a great bad guy mm-hmm. yeah um, he was a great villain yeah and like i said very much, like if he, I wouldn't doubt if he studied Donald Trump Jr. because Donald Trump Jr. is that fucking guy. <laughs> He's a fucking yeah. asshole with the slick back hair and the fucking smarmy attitude uh-huh. and that Real fucking douchey. Oh god, I, I, if, like uh, I like like uh, like Donald's sons almost. That's what I just said, Donald Trump Jr. Oh, Donald Trump Jr. My bad. I was, yeah, thinking, yeah. Of, I was thinking of fucking Trump. Yeah, but yeah, that's like just like him. Yeah, yeah it's him in a fucking nutshell. Um, yeah. And I fucking hate that guy. Uh, well, Daniel gives him some good advice because he's like, "Hey, grab a knife and like basically put it to yourself. Like you're gonna kill yourself." Well, and mom, she's got the scissors, right? She's gonna kill herself. Yeah. So he grabs the scissors and they're like fighting That's over right. it. And he like, says, "Put it up to your neck." Put it up to your neck. And yeah. says, and so he does. So Daniel does give him good advice. Daniel like actually helps him out. Mm-hmm. Helps him at school and like helps him like kind of pick up on girls. Yeah, he is. He is what like all of us introverts wish we could be, almost. He's Brad Pitt in Fight Club. <laughs> yes, basically he's the opposite of what Luke is. So we'll yeah. put it that way. He's what yeah. I think he's what Luke desires to be. He wants yes. this guy is the good-looking, tall, can talk to the women, and Luke is kind yeah. of like a, a small, frail nerd 
whatever. But yeah. with Daniel's help and Daniel like being that fucking angel or devil on his shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, he's telling yeah. him how to talk to women and he tells him all the right things to say. And when he when right. when Luke follows it, it works. So yeah, he's the Tyler Durden to Ed Norton's narrator, and uh, that's what we're thinking as an audience. But as time goes by, like little things happen that caught me off guard. Like for instance, when he should be studying for a test, he's not, and Patrick or Patrick Patrick Schwarzenegger Daniel is <laughs> still awake, and he picks up the book and he starts reading it. And so then yeah. when when Luke is taking the test. Patrick basically gives him the answers. Right. And it's like, well, how? maybe he just subconsciously did mm-hmm. it. Maybe it's the case of, like, in the Fight Club where he passes out and thinks he's asleep, but it's really, like, getting taken over by another personality. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So exactly. it's like this whole split personality thing. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Uh, we should talk about the fact that Luke also meets this um, artist girl. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of like have this like love hate relationship where they like are back and forth, but they she's falling for him, and he like falls for her, and um, they they hook up. Oh. He also hooks up with this other chick from college who's just kind of like a one yeah. night stand type thing. Yes, yeah, Sophie. Sophie is her name, but yeah, the main yeah. girl is uh, Cassie. Yeah. Cassie. Now Cassie has elements of of kind of an introvert. She's an artist. She'll go out to parties. But if she's not feeling it, like, you know, she got into a fight with that girl, like, you know, it was just all fake. You know, she hated it. Yeah, she so, hates the fakeness of the fake art scene. Right. Yeah. So she's very um, kind of protective of herself as far as, like, who she associates with. But she runs into Luke in the street, and then they, then they meet up again because they're, they're at that party. And Cassie is, like, fighting with a girl. She doesn't want to be there because she realizes, like, the party is, like, not what she's into. or not. Yeah, it's lame. So, but, <laughs> this yeah. This party sucks. Yeah, but her and Luke meet up, and then they go back to her place. Yeah, so they hook up. But also there's the Sophie girl who's the girl at another party that uh, Daniel helps him. And Daniel's like, let's just get some pussy. Like, we don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to go out and fall in love. Let's just go get whatever poon we can get. Mm-hmm. And so he helps them. And then at one point, he, uh, Luke's about ready to bang this Sophie chick, and he can't do it because he keeps yeah. thinking of Cassie. And Daniel's like, let me take over. Yeah, why don't you let me take over? I'll, I'll handle this because it won't be cheating. It won't be It'll cheating be me doing it. It's me. And so he, like, gives in. Yeah. And then there's, like, this yeah, cool, like. At this point, Luke likes Cassie. Yeah. Well, yeah. But then there's, like, but this. That's. I think we're going to the same place. That shot of, like, of him, like, kind of morphing into. Luke, it was very, uh, it reminded me a lot of that uh, Cronenberg uh, Videodrome. It reminded kinda, me of that Cronenberg. Body, body horror kind of stuff. What was that other movie that we watched? The Society? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where they're like yeah, sucking definitely. into like people. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, it was, but also looked really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, but we got this cool like special effects shot. But um, Daniel takes over and he bangs this uh, Sophie chick. And then his yeah. roommate comes in. And he's like, fuck this guy. And he like beats the shit out of him and and burns his face on a like steam pipe. pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) Sophie's like, what are you doing? Um, She like bashes a chair over him. Yeah. Yeah. She goes crazy. And she thinks. And when she bashes the chair on him, like all of a sudden he turns back and and now he's Luke again. Yeah. And she thinks it was Luke, obviously. Yeah, and while 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 these events are happening, like Luke is like not agreeing to any of this. Like he's just like, get out of my body. Yeah, like, I want my stop. body back. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the fight, Luke gets uh, he gets kicked out of school. Yeah. And then he's like, he tries to get Daniel to go back into the dollhouse. He's like, nah, you're bad for me, dude. Like, get out of here. And yeah, Daniel's yeah. like, nope, I'm not going back in. Sorry. Mm. And he gets an idea, and the idea is that Daniel. He's not just an imaginary friend. He's not just the other side of his personality. He is a demon, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he goes to visit the dad of the murderer from 10 years ago. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, did, did uh, this guy, whatever his name was, let's call him John. Did John ever draw pictures? Did he ever talk about anything? And the dad's like pretty forthcoming with some information, but he's also highly suspicious. 
Um, mm -hmm. But the that was the killer's name is John. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I was right. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so he goes. He 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 calls the cops, but he's also mm -hmm. like keeping this guy cool because he had to deal with his son for so long, right? So he kind of knows the signs to look for. Well, and Luke kind of tells him, like, I feel like I might be on the same path, like I, I but I want, I want, I don't want to do anything bad, like help me. Yeah, I don't want to go as far as your son went, but he finds this mm -hmm. drawing that his son did, uh, or that murderer did when he was young, and it was uh, the murderer John. And he had an yeah. imaginary friend named Daniel. <laughs> so now we're like, bing, bing. oh shit! <laughs> and, the, and and it was an image of in the drawings of like kind of like spikes coming out of the head, which is also had, what Cassie had done a painting of 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 Luke, and she had she had drawn his yeah, she's like, I feel like, shadow. Yeah, she's like, I feel like you have this shadow behind you, like kind of a dark side that maybe not everyone sees, yeah. but I see it. Yep. So Luke like put two and two together, and he's starting to catch on on like what's going on. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he, he talks to a psychiatrist. Well, he talks to Cassie. Cassie's like, get the fuck out of here. Talks to a psychiatrist. Yep. Um, the psychiatrist is like, let's try this fucking thing did you notice when the psychiatrist comes to his house like that shot was very much like the exorcist yes like yes. when he arrives yeah, to do the exorcism absolutely. yeah and he like kind of goes up steps like it was a very yeah. similar shot i, I thought that was cool i didn't notice absolutely. that but now that you say that i i do um i think it was an i think it was an intentional nod for oh sure. i think absolutely yeah. so that's telling us that he's possessed um so the uh, psychiatrist goes, a little bit of a, a little bit of a hint. Yeah, the mm -hmm. psychiatrist goes into the house, and he says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna both go under hypnosis." He's got these Tibetan fucking bowls, right? Music bowls. Got the fucking mortar and pestle and shit. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, uh, "This just listen to this sound." Da, 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 da. Makes him hey, fall asleep. You know what? If I'm Luke. I'm asking this guy, all right, how much is this going to cost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a house call. Like, I don't think insurance covers yeah. that. He, he brings all these gimmicks. <laughs> like, all right, doc, how much is this going to cost me? I didn't sign up for this. He's like, listen, it's only $1,200 an hour. Oh. Minimum oh. of 10 hours. <laughs> oh. Yes. Right. Insurance covers 60%, though. Um, yeah, but he gets uh, under the hypnosis. They get Daniel to talk. He's like, oh, so I the doctor. That was kind of a cool scene too. And the doctor's like, "Talk to me, Daniel. Talk to me. Talk to me, Daniel." And then all of a sudden, it's like he's in his ear, and he's like, "What do you want me to say?" And the doctor like flips out. Holy shit! Yeah, because he's like, "It's real." <laughs> mm -hmm. And I like the doctor says, "Like, what are you?" And he says, uh, "Oh, I'm just a traveler looking for a home." Yep. Oh, that was kind of cool. Like, oh god. Yeah, and this goes back to what Alan was saying very early on in the thing. Like, we find out that Daniel's always been around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, a traveler. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking demon, and he like he's a fucking demon. And then right, in, yeah, and right in front of the doctor, he like rips Luke open and just crawls inside his body. He's like, I'm that was fucking gross. Cooked. Yeah, he's gonna, be, he's gonna be my personal tauntaun. I'm just gonna get in here. <laughs> yeah, get nice, get nice and warm. But he rips him open from the mouth. Like, he separates his jaw like he's yeah, a fucking so anaconda. Whee! And uh, <laughs> climbs inside. But then uh, the doctor is there, and they kill the doctor. He kills the doctor. Oh. Mm -hmm. So now he Daniel is inside Luke. And Luke is yep. trapped inside a house. A dollhouse. Yeah, doll yeah, yeah. Inside Daniel, of his like, head. Daniel, Luke. Yep. And he's in there, and there's another fucking weird-looking, fucking spiky-haired Cronenberg demon running around, uh, yeah. and Luke keeps running away from him. But in the external world, the real world, Daniel is now in Luke's body, and he goes over to Cassie's house, and he's yeah. like, hey, I'm sorry for what happened the other night. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Come on in. But his style's different. His it's style is way different, right? He's way more confident. Like, he yeah. walks differently. Like, yeah, he's just he's, – he's different. And and then at some point, like he rips his face off. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, he kind of he reveals himself, like, eh, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a me, then. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> um, and so he like rips his face off, and she's like, Luke, I know you're in there, because Luke had told her this whole thing, and she thought he was crazy, but yeah. now she's like, Luke, I know you're in there, and as she's saying that, like this wall appears and it starts breaking down. Well, this this other weird creature demon in this fake dollhouse is chasing after Luke, and Luke realizes that it's not a bad guy. 
And he's like, is that you, John? And he's like, yes. Like, he can't talk. Mm -hmm. But it's the psychopath that got locked inside there years ago. And now we find out, okay, that's what happened. Well, Kenan already knew that. So as Cassie is like saying, Luke, come out, come out, come out. The, The bricks break down and Luke goes into the abyss. And he comes out and he's fighting with Daniel on this rooftop. Mm-hmm. And they do this fucking little sword fight like they did when they were kids. Like when they did their kids? Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, with the broom handles, but then they turn into real swords. And they get to the edge, of course, and it's like, you can't throw me over. And he's like, well, if I die, you die. And he's like, you're too much of a pussy or you're too weak or whatever. And then Luke's just like, fuck you. And he basically Swan sacrifices dies. himself. Yeah. And he throws himself off the top. <laughs> Yep. Crunch. The end of the movie. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go first on this one. Um, I dug this movie. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was cool, like, the fact that it was actually a demon. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I'm kind of torn, right? Because sometimes I like mm. it when it just is real, like a realistic type of thing. And it's like, oh, they can explain everything. But in this one, I liked how it wasn't explainable. And the explanation was like, it was a demon the entire time, and it was this fucking evil, like, exorcist thing like we were talking about earlier. Um, I thought the acting was great. I already told you, I thought Patrick Schwarzenegger did a great job as that uh, uh, asshole, smarmy, like, douchebag. The villain. Mm-hmm. Um, the I villain. thought Mary Stuart Masterson, we didn't talk about her a lot, but she did a good job in this movie playing the mom. Yeah. Uh, there was a She's the veteran actress. Yeah. There was a couple yeah. of scenes with her, like when he goes to visit her at the uh, mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like cuckoo. Um, I thought Miles Robbins, <laughs> but, she, but she knows something's wrong. She does. Um, yeah. I thought Miles Robbins did a great job as well. Uh, so acting wise, I really dug it. Uh, music wise, I thought the music really fit the movie. It really set the mood in a lot of those like party scenes uh, or rave yeah. type scenes, or even when he was like fucking trippy, tripping out. Like not tripping, but like when he was like all fucked up. Um, I thought that was good. It had a good soundtrack too. Like besides the score, like I thought the music that they used, the the real music, um, soundtrack wise, uh, was good. Um, story wise, good. Directing wise, I mean, I give it a four. I thought it was just four. a really good flick. Um, I it's it's new. It's something new. It's a different perspective on kind of the whole possession story, where it's taking the possession story and that psychological thriller uh, of the. Other thing, I don't think it's a perfect film. I would have liked to seen some more kills, maybe, or some more like more more interaction with other characters. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe something yeah. along that line. Something to to make me, I don't know, I don't know. Like, how long do you want a movie to be, though? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I'll go next. Um, I went into this thinking it was about like an imaginary friend, you know, like that was killing on behalf of the living character. But it changed, you know, in the middle of the movie, it changed to like, oh, it's just a demon. Like, you know, it's a traveler that possesses and, you know. Um, And I thought that, I don't know, I'm kind of torn because I kind of wanted it to be like an imaginary friend kind of movie and, build off on that and take it somewhere but it it was just kind of like it felt like oh we can't really do anything with this so it's just going to be a demon <laughs> you know what i mean like it was just like okay you know but it was still good yeah so um, th- i think like along the same lines is like i like it when there's an explanation for everything other than it being supernatural but i thought yeah. they did it well they did it well. No, that that's true. They did it well. Like there's no explanation um, for Reagan in the Exorcist, right? Other than it's a fucking demon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's no, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I I kind of just wish they had the way they started it. I kind of just wish they had took it somewhere, but they really just changed it. And it was just like, well, it's a demon. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, but it was still good. But yeah, like Brett said, uh Patrick Schwarzenegger, I think he stole the movie, yeah. honestly. Miles Robbins was great. Um and Mary Stuart Masterson, what we saw what we saw of her was great as well. But uh Although the ending was just kind of a downer too, you know, like there wasn't really any. Yeah, any she goes. 
she goes down to check on him. She's like, you okay? He's like, no, I'm, I'm dead. I'm very yeah, bad. Yeah, I kind of dug that. Like, I like the fact yeah. that he died. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I mean, he sacrificed himself. And, you know, there's a lot of movies where they, you know, the character sacrifices himself for the better good or whatever, you know. But yeah. I give it a three and a half. I really like this movie as well uh, for all the reasons you guys said. I thought the performances were really good. Um, I thought Miles Robbins in particular was cool to see. I wish we had seen more of him as Daniel because I thought he did a really good job basically playing two different characters because his entire mood and the way he carries himself just completely changes. So I thought that was that was really cool to see. That's um, a good point. I, I wish we had seen more of him as Daniel. Yep. Yeah. I thought the the visual effects were pretty good for a low-budget film. Like the the Cronenberg body horror stuff I thought all looked really neat. I just thought it was a cool story. I liked the concept. It wasn't wholly original. Like we said, it's already got some Drop Dead Fred. It's got Fight Club. <laughs> it's got elements of, uh, you know, The Exorcist. Lots of things that we've seen yeah. before kind of put into a blender. And, and then, you know, adding all those elements kind of created something new. Overall, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd come back to it a whole lot, but it was a cool movie. I um, but I, I I liked it a lot, so I give it a three and a half as well. So same as you, Alan. Yeah. Well, seven eleven divided by three. What is that like? Uh, three point six seven. Probably something around there. And you know, yes, I didn't. It is. I didn't I entirely did connect with Luke's character. Like I felt bad for him, but it was it was good enough to where I was still interested. Yeah, I you know there was th- some things that I definitely think they could have done better, but uh, all in all, like a really great it was film, solid. a really good solid performances all around, really good solid. Um, who directed this? Adam this was, Egypt uh, Mortimer. Adam, yeah, produced by Elijah Wood. So I don't I don't know where this guy is. It's from the producers of Mandy. Yeah, makes sense. Um, well, that's pretty much it. Like, if you have any imaginary friends that you would like us to know about or to talk about, please uh, call the call a helpline. Call a helpline help. or contact us. Uh, you can contact us if you're on Instagram. Uh, we are swear, uh, the Swearwolves Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and the Slash Rap. We are simply the Swearwolves. Uh, we have the Swearwolves YouTube channel. We have our own website www.theswearwolves.com contact us there or you can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com so for the swearwolves this week I'm Brett I'm David Alan I'm Flops and I'm Daniel Like a fucking Russian weightlifter right now.